Hello, Charlie Gladstone here. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I hope you are well. Welcome to my Some Good Mavericks podcast and part four of my special lockdown series, Cover Stories. This is a short series in which guests dial in their stories about a cover version of a song that has really meant something to them. I very much don't think this is just for people who love music or who are particularly interested in the detail of music. It's about music, but equally and perhaps more importantly, it's about love and passion and devotion and people's relationship with music and why perhaps a song means so much to them. It is supported on somegoodideas.co.uk, our new website, with a library of cover versions, which is a, uh, a list, but also some notes on each song. And indeed on Spotify with our Some Good Ideas library of cover versions playlist, which has all of the cover versions that we write about or talk about on this podcast and the original versions. Anyway, today I have two guests and then I'm going to talk as normal about a cover version that I love. First up is my friend Steve Abbott, or Abbo as he's known to many, who's talking about Stevie Wonder's We Can Work It Out. I've known Abbo since we met in the music industry in the mid-1980s and became friends and worked together. He was a founding member of the seminal UK punk band, UK Decay, and he and I remained friends until I left the music industry in 1994 and we lost touch. And then about seven years ago, we met in Rough Trade Records in London, which was next door to the peddler's shop that we had until recently, and we got chatting. And that led to him and his wife, Keris Matthews, and me and my wife, Caroline, forming the Good Life Experience, which we work together on to this day, although we've had to postpone this year's edition until May of next year. Anyway, here is Abbo's story about Stevie Wonder. My name's Steve Abbott, known to some of my friends as Abbo. A few days ago, Charlie Gladstone asked me what might my favourite cover version be. I've got to go back to my 10th or 11th birthday when my sister Jill handed me the best present I could ever get. It beat the squidgy packages that had socks, t-shirts or football shirts even in. 12 inch, 12 inch flat package. It meant it was an album. She'd rather ingeniously photocopied my favorite artist, Stevie Wonder, and used his pictures as the wrapping paper. As I tore open the package, actually very gently, it was his latest album. Signed, sealed, delivered. Ironically, Stevie was rather awkwardly climbing out of the box on the cover of the record. <laughs> Never quite worked that one out. Anyway, we knew the song Signed, Sealed, Delivered. That was a huge hit. 
But as it was in those days, there was a real reverence when playing a new record. And I sat down with my three sisters and we listened to the album start to finish. Sign Seal delivered, that was a huge hit, you can't argue with that. But the track that really stood out was We Can Work It Out. What really disappointed me was when my elder sister Christine informed me this was a Beatles song. I'd already nailed my flag to the mast. I wasn't a Beatles fan. I was a Motown fan. I didn't think you could be both. Anyway, it was a few years later that I heard the Beatles version of it. I couldn't believe it, it was such a non-event. This sing-songy, we can work it out, we can work it out. It just didn't seem to have that soul or the pleading agony that Stevie Wonder managed to instill in the song. There's a lot of Beatles songs I think are better in the cover versions and I've had this argument many times with Beatles fans. Something Shirley Bassey, uh, Here Comes the Sun, Nina Simone. Probably the ultimate, Aretha Franklin's Let It Be, where suddenly this rather placid pop song becomes a real hymn, real gospel song. Beautiful, beautiful version. Anyway, back to Stevie. What I love about this track is I love the organ and drums, the way they drive through it. I love his growling vocal. And then those beautiful little little harmonica riffs that he puts in. I mean, the harmonica at that stage of Stevie Wonder seemed to be like another limb. He seemed to pull it out and use it to, to make it his own sound. And this is very much why I like the song. This is a Stevie Wonder song. It doesn't belong to the Beatles. Hasn't belonged to them since I first heard it. Enjoy. Look it out with me, baby. Thanks, Abbo. That's a, a beautiful and um, passionate story. Thank you very much. Exactly what I had in mind. Next up, we have Christian Brody. Many of you might know Christian from his One Track Minds series of events and podcast. It's often described as an engaging cross between Desert Island Discs, The Moth and TED Talks. And it invites a number of guests to speak on one song that had an impact on them. They came to the Good Life Experience last year in 2019 and held one of their One Trap Minds and I was honoured to speak there. And Christian and I have kept in touch. Indeed, he is promoting the publication of the One Trap Minds book, or probably the first volume of the One Trap Minds book. And you can find out more about that at Unbound Publishers. But for today, here is Christian telling his cover story. Okay, Charlie, cover versions. Uh, I'm so excited you asked me to talk about this because I am a little bit obsessed with cover, cover versions 
Um, I've been thinking about cover versions for years. I just love when uh, a cover transcends the original, when it becomes maybe in so most people's eyes, the, the original version of the song itself. And, and when that happens, it's so special. It's like a transformation. It's something, um, you know, acknowledging something special in an original song and then improving on it. The song I have chosen uh, is, is, I think, undeniably my favourite cover version. And I think arguably the best cover version of all time. Uh, and it's... Uh, Johnny and Mary by the Norwegian DJ Todd Terrier, and it features Brian Ferry on vocals. Um, it's a really weird one because I, I, I get totally, totally believed this to be the original song. I had no idea uh, that there wasn't uh, there, that there was a, a, a version of this song beforehand. It comes from uh, an album called "It's Album Time" uh, by Todd Terrier, and Todd Terrier is a Norwegian, I suppose you'd say, house disco DJ, um, which is not at all my real taste, my general taste in music at all. Um, I bought the album when it came out, and I think it was 2014, uh, based on a really, really good review in The Guardian, probably. And it's fine. It's, it's a perfectly good album, if you like. I mean, it's sort of house music, sort of dance music, it's a bit daft punky. Um, and like totally fine, but I had, hadn't really listened to it a great deal. Uh, and then I think I had it on one day and in the middle of this album, this track comes on, um, Johnny and Mary. And it's from the moment it starts, it's just entirely seductive. It totally brings you in to this, to its world. Um, and, and it, it's so different to the rest of the album. It sounds entirely timeless, really. Like, it's such a weird thing to have on this disco album. Trying to find certainty. He needs all the world to confirm that he ain't lonely. Mary counts the walls. Knows he tires easily. Johnny thinks the world would be right if it could buy truth from him. Mary says he changes his mind more than a woman. But she made a bed. And then you've got this whispered vocal from Brian Ferry. And I, I when I first heard it, I didn't know it was Brian Ferry. I hadn't made that connection. And like the production is just exquisite. There's just layers of this seductive, shimmery synth and echoey drums. About two and a half minutes in, there's, there's this kind of shimmer that comes in that is just like totally, every time I hear it, I've heard it so many times, every time I hear it, I get these goosebumps up my back. Right Anyway, I had no idea, as I said it, that it was that it was a cover version, and I think it was only when I searched for the song 
uh, to play it on like Spotify or something a couple of years ago uh, that I found this other version. In fact, there are a couple of other versions and I'll talk about one of them in a minute. But the, the original is uh, is by Robert Palmer, who, who put it, it was on an album called Clues in, in 19, that came out in 1980, which was before I was born. I knew about Robert Palmer, but I hadn't heard this song. And when I first played it and I listened to it again today, um, this, it's so, it's almost comically bad in 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 comparison like the the sort of bass line is there but it's like played on this super super dated 80s uh synthesizer it sounds like a kind of video game soundtrack um it's not a bad song it's actually it's pretty great and like listening to it robert palmer when his vocals come in it, it kind of brings brings something to it and it's slightly speeded up it's slightly kind of pacier a little bit or kind of jolly. I mean, it's so it's such a weird song, even more so in the Robert Palmer version, I think. But the reason I love the cover is because it takes that the essence of the song, the original song, the the strange lyrics about this relationship, and and it just exp it just explodes like that original idea into what it's supposed to be, what it feels like it's supposed to be. What I feel like when I listen to the remake, the the the, the cover version, is it feels like what what like Hollywood have been trying to do recently with like classic movies, especially like the Disney versions of of their animations, with, where they where they take uh, the animation and they redo it with like a live version, um, which never really works on film. Like it's sort of reductive and pointless. But this Todd Terrier version seems to take like this this kind of far-sighted, far-thinking song and uses modern technology and modern musical production techniques to totally go to where Robert Palmer was probably thinking. And it's like a, it's like a, a epic version of what the original song was. It's, it, it's like, I think it's the best part of two and a half minutes longer, which is like almost twice as long as the original song. As I said, there was another cover version um, that I, I was unaware of, but was by the band Placebo, uh, uh, and I don't know when it came out, probably early 2000s. And it's awful. Everything, it's like the complete turnaround of, of like what, what Todd Terrier did. So um, that's kind of fun to listen to as well. But like, oh God, everything about it, the vocal, the horrible kind of thrashy guitars. Um, yeah, it's not, 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 uh, it's like the opposite of a good cover version. Like the worst, the worst cover version can do. Um, I hope uh, I haven't rambled too much, but um, what a fun uh, exercise to, to indulge in. Um, thank you for, for giving me the chance to, to share my favourite cover version. Nosy tires easily John is always running around Trying to find certainty He needs all the world to confirm
Thank you so much, Christian. Interestingly enough and coincidentally enough, when I spoke at One Track Minds at the Good Life Experience, I talked about my relationship with No Woman No Cry on Bob Marley's live album. And I explained how on July the 12th, 1980, I went to the Deeside Leisure Centre, aged just 16, to see Bob Marley play and how my father had gone to get tickets. And that was an act of supreme generosity because that gig really set me off on my relationship with live music. Bob Marley was clearly a big recording star at that point, but he wasn't anything like as massive as he's become posthumously. He died about a year and a half after that gig, and it was his last in Europe. Now, I want to talk today about a cover version that I've loved and that I imagine you may not have heard. It's a version of Bob Marley's song, Turn Your Lights Down Low, which appeared on his Exodus album, which was absolutely stuffed full of hits and has often been ignored in favour of the songs that were bigger and more commercial. But I think it's one of the finest songs on this album. Slightly obscurely, in very late 1999, a remix album called Chant Down Babylon of Bob Marley's songs appeared. And it was a sort of combination of reggae and reggae fusion and hip-hop. And it was recorded by a number of different hip-hop and and reggae stars, and produced by Stephen Marley, one of Bob Marley's sons. By far and away, the best song on it was by Lauryn Hill. And this song was actually credited to Bob Marley and Lauryn Hill. What was so interesting for me about that was that Lauryn Hill was married to one of Bob Marley's children at the time. And, And I just found the way that she communicated with Bob Marley on this record, although, of course, he was dead, so moving and listening back to the track it does sound a little bit dated but her voice is just perfect on it and sitting next door to Bob Marley's I mean it really is quite exquisite. I hadn't at all been into Lauren Hill's work up to this point I, I didn't really get the Fugees they slightly annoyed me um, weirdly enough because all of their biggest hits seem to be cover versions to me. But then after this, I got completely consumed by the miseducation of uh, Lauren Hill, which is a brilliant album. Of course, it was a worldwide smash. Anyway, I love this song. I think it's a better version than the Bob Marley version. It's perhaps not as pure. The album isn't great, but I urge you to check out this song in detail. And um, I hope that I have introduced you to something that you will like and will bring you as much pleasure as it's brought to me. Anyway, there you go. I should also perhaps add that we named our sixth child, Felix Louis Nesta Gladstone, after Bob Marley, um, whose name is Robert Nesta. And indeed, um, that uh, Lauren Hill is a grandmother to a child called Zephaniah Nesta. So there you go. Thank you very much for joining me. Thanks to my friend, Jim Friend. I hope you're enjoying this series. I'll be back with another part very soon. Thank you very much to Abbo and to Christian, and thanks to you. Oh, and by the way, if you get a chance, could you possibly rate this on iTunes? I, I, I'm not very good at knowing how to do it, and it does seem to cause confusion to some people, but, but if you like it, please rate it. If you don't, don't, don't. You probably haven't got this far, so that's academic. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to me waffle. Um, see you soon. Bye-bye. Shining in
Uh, loving you is like a song I replay Every three minutes and thirty seconds of every day And every chorus was written for us to recite Every beautiful melody of devotion every night This potion might, this ocean might carry me In the wave of emotion to ask you to marry me In every word Every second and every third expresses a happiness more clearly than ever heard. And when I play them, every chord is a poem. Telling the Lord how grateful I am because I know them. The harmonies possess a sensation similar to your caress. If you asking and I'm telling you it's yes. Stand in love, take my hand in love, job bless. Right. Yes. I want to give you some good loving. Turn your lights down low Right, right now And pull your window curtains Right, right now And let your love come tumbling in Ha, ha, ha.